afternoon and welcome once again to Third and Short here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. We're back in the studio today. We've been out for the last couple of weeks due to some different circumstances, but the studio is open. So, of course, we are here back on the FM and boy, is it good to be back. Third and Short is your one-stop shop for NFL news and fantasy football analysis and of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Shimanek. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. I'm fighting a little bit of a cold, but uh, um, feeling feeling fine, uh, ready for a great show today. Uh, before we get started, though, I wanted to give a big happy birthday shout out to my dad. Today is his 54th birthday. Um, we're going we're gonna to be playing some of his favorite songs over the breaks here uh, just for him. So just wanted to say happy birthday, Dad. Happy birthday, Joe. And then... Hilariously, we just realized that my dad's birthday is also tomorrow, so double birthday shout-out to Joe and Scott. Yeah. All right, so this week on the show, we're going to start by looking back and giving out some awards for some Week 9 action, and then, as always, we'll take a look at the Week 10 game slate before predicting what teams that we think will have a different quarterback starting for them next season. Lastly, as always, we'll close out with some fantasy football discussion. And before we get into all of today's topics, let's go over the important headlines from around the league, starting with Odell Beckham Jr., the former Cleveland Browns wide receiver, cleared waivers and is now eligible to sign with any team that he wants. This is the first time in Beckham's career that he has been a free agent, and this morning it was reported that he has narrowed his choices down to the Packers, the Saints, and the Chiefs. Yeah, we were hoping that he would sign by the time we went on air, but unfortunately he hasn't, so we'll keep an eye on that situation. I guarantee he signs today, though, probably in the next yeah. hour. That's the way things go for us normally. Yep, yeah, we'll keep an eye on the Twitter. All right, now, uh, moving on here. In the span of just a one week, the Raiders have now released both of their 2020 um, first-round draft picks, Damon Arnett and Henry Ruggs, both due to off-the-field issues. We talked about the Ruggs situation last week, but Damon Arnett is the newest Raider to be released. And going a little bit along with that, former Rams wide receiver Deshaun Jackson made it official on Twitter a couple days ago that he will be signing with the Raiders. This obviously is not a surprise after they lost their best deep threat after Henry Ruggs was cut. Yes, and let's move into injuries now. Panthers quarterback Sam Darnold fractured his right shoulder blade and is now expected to miss several weeks, which means P.J. Walker will be the starter for the time being. Everybody's rooting for P.J. Walker, and I hope, I hope he does well. It should be fun at least, right? Yeah, got to be fun. bit more exciting than the Panthers offense has been the last few weeks. Yeah, it, it can really only go up from here. Yeah. All right, moving on here. Uh, this has some fantasy football implications here for you guys. Cardinals running back Chase Edmonds had tests done on Monday that revealed he had suffered a high ankle sprain. He's expected to miss multiple games with his new injury. Fantasy stud James Conner will now lead the backfield in Chase Edmonds' absence. And in some more Cardinals news, it seems like star quarterback Kyler Murray's status for Week 10 is still up in the air after he missed Week 9 with an ankle injury. Yeah, um, I've got Kyler Murray on my fantasy team. I'm sweating a little bit, but I hope he comes back. Yeah. 
All right, now moving on to some more fantasy implications. Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown still remains questionable for Week 10 with his lingering ankle and foot injury. As head coach Bruce Arians said that he is still in a walking boot as of yesterday. Right now, he's trending towards not playing, which, again, is really disappointing because he is also on my fantasy team. I can't imagine if you have a walking boot on Tuesday that you're going to play on Sunday. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that Antonio Brown is out once again and no idea what's going on there at this point. Nope. And up next, Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa is currently listed as day-to-day after missing last week's game against the Texans due to a fractured finger on his throwing hand. And they're on a short week. They're getting the Ravens on Thursday night. So we don't know what's going on there. Nope. I I would assume that Brissett probably plays. And even if Tua is healthy, I I don't know how effective he's going to be. Yeah, not a good situation. All right, now, we talked a lot about some bad injury news, but Week 10 does actually bring a lot of good news in terms of star or notable players returning from injury. Most notably, Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson is scheduled to come back this week. He's been cleared to play by the doctor that did the finger surgery on him earlier in the year, and he should be ready to go against the Packers. That's exciting. That was a lot quicker than people were expecting. Yeah, for sure. The Seahawks are going to be heading into a late season push to try to grab one of those wild card spots, and they've got their signal caller back for it. So that's awesome. Yep. And up next, Cowboys wide receiver Michael Gallup is also set to return this week. He missed numerous games this year with a lingering calf injury, but he should be back this week against the Falcons. Yep, that's good news for the Cowboys. And uh, we got two more here. Uh, We got a pair of Jaguars that should be ready to play for Sunday, James Robinson and Trevor Lawrence. They're both going to be available and expected to play in the Jaguars matchup against the Colts. And then in the news that you're all thinking about and worrying about, the biggest star of them all, New York Jets quarterback Mike White is officially going (laughs) to be starting this Sunday. He exited their Thursday night matchup with a forearm injury, but... He's back for their upcoming matchup against the Bills. Good news for some Jets fans. And lastly here, we've got some COVID news. Multiple Browns wide res- sorry, multiple Browns running backs have tested positive for COVID-19. Both Nick Chubb and, Jer- and Demetric Felton are vaccinated, but their status for Week 10 against the Patriots is in serious question after both testing positive. Dernis Johnson is really the only healthy running back they have, and he's likely to slot in as their lead guy. So yeah, go check and make sure that he's not sitting on your waiver wire in any of these leagues because people picked him up last time Chubb was out and might have dropped him. Yeah. But he's he's a sure pick this week to get starting in all league formats, I would say. For sure, yeah. yeah. All right, so it is time for the first break of the program. And when we come back, we're going to be giving out some Week 9 awards and recap some of those notable games. You're listening to Third and Short here on KCOU. Welcome back to Third and Short here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. I'm your host, Luke Sweezy, joined by Jack Shimanek. Thank you, Luke. Now, this show is dedicated to covering everything related to the National Football League. Now, it's time to look back at what you need to know from Week 9. But, of course, we also have some awards to hand out. I get all my bells and whistles back this week. It's awesome. We're back in the studio. I love it. You know... 
Also, real quick, shout out to Ellis Library for accommodating us last week. Yeah, that was great. Keeping the show alive in podcast form, but we're back in the studio, which means it's time for some awards. And before we dive into the recaps, we've got one that we want to give out at the top here, and we're calling this the I'm Back Award. Randy Quaid and Independence Day for the soundbite today. I, I love that clip. And we're going to give this award to a player we haven't seen in a little while. Someone we know and love. A man who has been a reliable stud uh, in terms of regular NFL production and also fantasy production. And we're happy to see him balling again. This week's award goes to San Francisco 49ers tight end George Kittle. Now, Kittle recorded six catches for 101 yards and a touchdown on Sunday. You love to see him back. You love to see it. George Kittle's such an easy guy to root for, yep. and we've missed him, and he's playing great this week as a whole. This is a wild week. It was. It was a tough week for Pickums, and we had a ton of upsets, some of which weren't even close. So at the top here, we want to mention the Denver Broncos, who dominated the Dallas Cowboys, winning 30-16. to And those 16 points from the Cowboys all came in the fourth quarter. Yeah, garbage time. Garbage time for sure. And also, we don't get to do this often. Shout out to the New York football giants for getting a nice win over the Raiders 23 to 16. Definitely one I didn't see coming. All right, let's dive into the recaps here. Up first, we've got Titans at Rams, in which the Titans walk away with a statement win. Let's call it that. Yeah. 28 to 16. I mean, I have no idea how, but the Titans just keep on beating good teams, even without Derrick Henry this week. And I think uh, you and I talked about this last night. Mike Vrabel should be coach of the year frontrunner at this point. If they're able to put together a good rest of the season and win the division as we think that they're going to without their best player. Yeah. Vrabel absolutely deserves a ton of credit for that. And they're looking for a new identity without Derrick Henry, and it seems mm -hmm. like their defense came to play this week. They had a strong performance. They came out to a big lead early and capitalized on a pair of interceptions from Matthew Stafford, and their defense, led by Jeffrey Simmons and Kevin Byard, was dominant. Simmons recorded three sacks, and Byard had a pick six. And I know coming into the season, we didn't expect much out of this Titans defensive unit. But, I thought they'd be horrible, but like like really bad, like bottom five. Yeah, and clearly that's not the case, and that's a major part of what's going to need to go right for them yeah. to be successful in the future, and their defense showed that they were able to complete the task here. Yeah, I, and I think some some new players have emerged. Uh, Harold Landry's been really, really good. Uh, I think he is like top in the league in sacks, but the Titans' offense was also steady with their new backfield committee. I mean, Adrian Peterson scored a touchdown in his first game with the team, which is awesome. And an interesting stat that, that you found is in the last four weeks, the Titans have beaten the Bills, Chiefs, Colts, and Rams all in a row. Now, those teams are all possible playoff teams. I think they're a legit threat that is primed for a, a deep playoff run if they can keep up this production. And then as for the Rams, like I wouldn't worry too much about the Rams. This was just an off week. I think they'll bounce back pretty easily against a, a bad 49ers team that they play on Monday night. Yeah, I'm not worried about the Rams. You're, you're going to have losses like this. There's seven and two, so yeah. it's not the end of the world. Uh -huh. Titans are a really good team, and they're still a really good team even without Derrick Henry, Yeah, which is something I wasn't entirely sure of. Right. But clearly they are. All right, let's head into our next game here. One that, when I was making my picks, I didn't think about for even half a second. No. 
But here we are. Nobody did. The Jacksonville Jaguars defeated the Buffalo Bills 9-6 to uh-huh. in a real snooze fest. No touchdowns. But we do have an award we have to give out here. Yeah. And we're calling this the same name award because there was a lot of confusion on the field. <laughs> As a pair of Josh Allens were going back and forth, and we're going to give the same name award to the Jaguars, Josh Allen, the defensive end. He managed to sack the Bills quarterback, Josh Allen, also managed to intercept Josh Allen and recover a fumble from Josh Allen. Should I say Josh Allen a few more times just for fun now? Because my (laughs) head is starting to hurt. Yeah. The simulation is broken. We had some Josh Allen on Josh Allen violence in this game. It was awesome. And Twitter obviously had a field day with this one. If you didn't see the meme of two Spider-Mans pointing at each other every other tweet, then you follow different people than I do. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I thought that was awesome. Okay. What does this say about the Bills? If you go and drop to the Jaguars in a game where they only put up nine points? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Bills' schedule, I don't think they can be seen as a Super Bowl front runner right now. I mean, they, they've had an easy schedule to this point, and it's only going to get harder for them moving forward. I do not believe they've played the Patriots yet. So they have to play them twice. Yes. The Patriots look pretty good. And I, I just don't trust the Bills at this point, but I think they have enough talent to, to still be a top team in the AFC. So I've got two, there's two schools of thought here. Is it a problem with the Bills or is it a supernatural force that needs to be discussed, which is the Manning curse? I think, I think it's that. There is something going on right now, and it's a little bit spooky. It's wild. If a player appears on... Monday Night Manning, which is Peyton and Eli's ESPN2 commentary for Monday Night Games. They're not on every week, but when they're on, the players that come on as guests just lose the week after. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen was on last week and then goes on to lose to the Jaguars, which obviously should alert some people. But the same exact thing happened to Travis Kelsey, Russell Wilson, Rob Gronkowski, Matthew Stafford, and Tom Brady all this season. You go on the Manning cast, you lose the next week. I would be weary of this going forward. Yeah, this is the only way that I can explain the Bills losing to the Jags. Like, it was just so... The, the line on this game was ridiculous. Like, they, this should not have happened. I don't know how it happened. I'm going to choose to blame this on the Manning curse and not any issues with the Bills. What a weird game. I think this is just going to be a weird blip in their s- season schedule when we go and look back at it when yeah. everything is said and done. But yeah. I guess good good job to the Jags. Yeah, and sometimes you need... Great game for their defense. Yeah, sometimes you need a loss like this to really uh, to right the ship. I certainly agree there. All right, let's move on here. We had a AFC North battle, Browns at Bengals. Browns come away with a big win, 41-16, to and the Bengals now continue their downward slide. They're falling to 5-4 and four after losing two consecutive games. Yeah, Joe Burrow did not look good. Uh, he, he made some costly mistakes early uh, that, that ended up putting the game out of reach. We, we did get a solid outing from, from running back Joe Mixon, as we have come to expect from this year. But the Browns seemed to be just fine without Odell. There has always been this narrative that Baker plays better without Odell, and I guess you can add this game in favor of that argument. Yeah. I think Beckham's negative impact in the locker room was just really not worth it, considering his mediocre production on the field. I think that he can be good, but I just don't think the Browns was a good situation for him. I think he's just a headache to deal with. Yeah. And the the Browns' relationship did not go the way we all thought it was going to when that trade happened, and... Just a a disappointing tenure, and we'll see what he does next. But 
As for the Browns, again, they, this was a win that they needed for sure as mm-hmm. it looked like their season was starting to trend downwards and some really cool moments in this game. Uh, Second-year cornerback Denzel Ward, 99-yard pick six off of Joe Burrow. Huge. And then Nick Chubb had a monster game, 137 yards. Go and watch his 70-yard touchdown run because that was so impressive because just – Watch his acceleration as soon as he breaks into open field. There's just nobody yeah. that can stop the guy. I, I don't know how controversial this is, but with Derrick Henry out for what seems to be the year, I would pick Nick Chubb as being the best pure runner in the NFL. Period. I think so. I think Jonathan Taylor's got a case as kind of the, the 1B there yeah. right now. But, but I, I love Chubb, uh, even though I'm a Ravens fan, and, and Nick Chubb plays for our rival. He's just so good. Such a, such a great player and so much fun to watch. Yeah. And, you mentioned the Ravens there. Let's go ahead and move into this yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. A little bit scary early, but all all is well in Baltimore. The Ravens defeated the Minnesota Vikings 34-31. to Another overtime victory for your boys there. Yeah, we've been in three overtime games this year, and the only one that we've lost was that, that first Raiders game, which was kind of fluky. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Vikings had a 17-3 to lead in like the second or the third quarter. And the Ravens came all the way back. Another day, another game for the Vikings to choke away. The Vikings might be the new Falcons because oh, the Falcons yeah. ended up winning. They did. In a close game. I thought, I thought they were done. I know. Uh, <laughs> I think I think Zimmer has to be out before the season is over. If, if not before the season is over, at least at the conclusion of the season. He's been on the brink, I feel like, yeah. of getting fired the last few years. And at what point do we have to just say that the pairing of Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins is not going to deliver for the Vikings it's not working right now they keep losing close games and and that's on coaching yeah and their team is their the roster's too talented to keep losing games like this yeah yeah so many pieces on offense yeah defense is better than it was last year still not very good mm-hmm. but again Zimmer's a defensive coach so that's also yeah concerning on, yeah I think he's he's one of the locks to be gone next year I think next week we're going to dive into the coaching carousel yeah for a little bit next season but Good win for the Ravens there. I think their rushing attack is, is kind of starting to take place here. The committee's looking nice. Yeah. So I'm excited for, for our, our prospects moving forward. All right. And then let's go. Let's talk about my team now. We had uh, Packers at Chiefs. Chiefs walk away with a win, 13-7. to And let's start with the Packers here. Jordan Love didn't do a whole lot to impress in his first NFL start. And I certainly expected more out of the guy after having a chance to sit behind one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time for a year. But Packers were a mess. Man, the Packers special teams, that was one of the most (laughs) disastrous special teams performances I've seen in a long time. Mason Crosby couldn't make a kick. And then a couple muffed returns. Amari Rodgers doesn't know how to catch the ball for some reason. It was was real bad. So Yeah. Um, I feel like if Aaron Rodgers is playing, the Chiefs are losing that game. I agree with you. Um, I also think that Aaron Rodgers is masking a lot of the issues that the Packers have. Yeah. So I'd be really concerned if, if he doesn't end up coming back next year. There's which, a reality. Which is likely. There's a reality check heading to Green Bay in 2022. Yeah. And as for the Chiefs, I want to give them some credit here, which I'd, I haven't done a whole lot this season. The Chiefs defense surprisingly showed up and was the reason that we won this game. Uh, Tyron Matthew and Legereus Sneed both played very well in spite of Dan Sorensen's poor play once again. <laughs> and let's give some credit to Spags. Steve Spagnola drew up the right game plan when you're going against a young, inexperienced quarterback. And that game plan is blitz, blitz, and more blitz. 
And it worked because the Chiefs were able to generate pressure on Jordan Love for 49% of his dropbacks. And Chris Jones led the charge there with seven pressures. And then the newly acquired Melvin Ingram was also able to be a quick contributor with four pressures. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, with a young quarterback like that, you got to put him under some pressure, and I think the Chiefs did a good job. And they, they were able to win an ugly game that, that may or may not have gone the same way if a certain Aaron Rodgers was able to play. Yes. So, Chiefs offense, a little, little scary for me. We'll talk about that a bit later still. Yep. But a win's a win, and I'm not going to complain. Right. One last game we got to talk about real quick here because we have an award tied to it. Steelers at Bears. Steelers win 29 to 27. <laughs> yeah. But we got an award we got to give out, and we're calling this the No Fun League Award. Let me hear those boos, baby. Let me hear those boos for the officiating crew yeah. on Monday Night Football. And I know it's cheap and it's overplayed to go after the refs, but this was egregious. It was. I, I, I follow a. Um, there's a Steelers fan that always comes up for me on TikTok, and he, he, agree, he said they shouldn't even won the game. Like, Steelers fans are saying they shouldn't have won. Um, I'm sure many of you have seen the video, but like, I, pr- I believe Tony Carrenti was the head ref. He like backed into one of the players. Yes, the same dude they got called for the 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 uh, the taunting penalty that was like kind of like it, it, the taunting rule is stupid. It probably was a penalty with the rules they have, but like, why is that a thing? Especially in a close game this late, right? You're making calls on things that aren't actually impacting the gameplay. These aren't things happening. Right, it's not during- a hold or a pi. During a play. This is it's, all external stuff. Yeah, it was 4th and 15, and they gave him a first down. Let him play. Let him play. Just let the boys play. Once again, sorry. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, but but moving along from the officiating real quick here, I mean, Justin Fields looked, looked really good. I believe he was the highest-graded passer via PFF this week. Yeah, which was awesome to see. Yeah, 90 grade looked really, really good. Uh, Darnell Mooney to Justin Fields, that connection seems to be the future of the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. As for the Steelers, they quietly moved to 5-3 and three on the season in a very competitive AFC North, and rookie tight end Pat Fryermuth had a big breakout game with two tight ends. I think he's going to be real good. Yeah, so it's good to see that draft pick look like it's going to pan out, and the future is bright in Chicago, yeah. I would say. We, we're going to have some hiccups this year, obviously, right. but I think things are trending upwards for the Bears. I agree. All right, it is time for another break here on the show, and when we come back, we're going to be kicking off our Week 10 preview, and we're going to throw some predictions out there for what teams we think are going to have a different starting quarterback next season. You're listening to Third and Short here on KCOU. Welcome back to Third and Short here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia with Luke Sweezy and Jack Shimanek. We're going to be taking a look at some of the most notable matchups on the Week 10 game slate. And as for teams that are on a bye this week, we got the Bears, Bengals, Texans, and Giants. So adjust your lineups accordingly. Not a mountain of fantasy-relevant players across those four teams. No, it's basically just the Bengals. Yeah, so... Still, we got to mention that, of course. Yeah. Let's get started now with our primetime games. Eh. It's a decent matchup. Decent Thursday night game. It's decent. So take that as you will. But we got Ravens at Dolphins. I know we're both taking the Ravens here, but what are your thoughts heading in? Yeah, I'll talk about this one pretty quickly because 
the Ravens are, are heavy favorites and we think they're going to win, but I don't think the Dolphins match up well against us. Uh, I like Baltimore's ability to run the ball. It'll be key in this game. The only real chance Miami has of winning is if Tua plays, and right now that's that's pretty much 50-50. Um, I just wanted to add that Lamar should probably be higher in the MVP odds. I think he's played really well. Oh, for sure. Kind of, kind of an underrated producer this year. And lastly... Uh, just wanted to throw this out here. In the in their past three matchups, the Ravens versus the Dolphins, the Ravens have a 3-0 record against Miami and a scoring differential of 133-16. to Baltimore owns Miami, and the same should continue on Thursday. I think you're correct. I, I would not be worried at all about this, especially if Tua's not going to play. This should be a rather underwhelming matchup and an easy win for the Ravens. All right, we're both in primetime this week. Yeah, it's awesome. Sunday Night Football, Chiefs at Raiders. And, you know, these AFC West matchups can always go in any direction. Yeah, we saw it last year. We had a real sour loss to the Raiders last year when we were just a better team and yeah. play, playing a whole lot Finished better. Finished 14-2. I did not watch the end of that game. I, I was very upset and went <laughs> and took a run because the Chiefs were playing terrible. So. Yeah. There's really a wide range of outcomes of what can happen when these two teams meet. This is a solid Raiders team, mm-hmm. and this is an underwhelming Chiefs team that I think is trending upwards, though. Yeah. I and, mean, but I think both teams are desperate for a win in this situation. Yeah, because the division is kind of open right now. It is. It's wide open. It's definitely wide open. Both teams here sitting at five wins. Um, yeah, the, the Raiders are five and three and the because they lost to the Giants. And the Chiefs are five and four. Okay. Raiders had their bye already. Yeah, I mean, the the Chiefs really need this to get back on track if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah. And I think they will. I'm picking the Chiefs in this one. I'm um, with you. The Giants, of all teams, exposed the Raiders uh, for how you can beat them. And I think Reed and Mahomes want to stick it to Vegas after that loss last season. Yeah. Um. So I, th- I think they win in a close one. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, but I think the Chiefs win. And this, this is the kind of game where I need Patrick Mahomes to tap into that MJ mentality. Yeah. You know, take it personally. Take it personally. Take it personally. Go out there, stick it to the Raiders. Throw some bombs at Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I think the stage is set for a a good Chiefs game. Yeah. Because the defense played well last week. So I think fixing problems on offense is easier than fixing problems on our defense when we just have better personnel on our offense. And I think the the one thing I'd be concerned about is if the Chiefs really, really want to throw the ball a lot. Max Crosby has been really good this season, so he'll be able to get to Mahomes. I think the Chiefs should lean on the run. I think if they run the ball effectively, they'll have a good game. Yeah, the run game was not great against the Packers this week. No. And we still don't have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, so we're still kind of figuring out what the best combination is to keep the backfield moving. But, yeah, we should definitely try to slow things down a bit, get the run going. But let's do it. Give me the Chiefs this week. I'm taking them, too. I don't have a lot of confidence in this team, but I'm taking them two weeks in a row here. And we need this win because the rest of our season schedule, it ain't pretty. It's tough. We've got all teams with winning records left. So this is the time to start making that late season push if we want to either win the division or the wild card in an AFC where there's a lot of teams just kind of in the race. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of great teams. The NFC is a much better division this year, but there are a lot of teams that are still in contention for a playoff spot. And with that, let's move to Monday Night Football, in which we have the Rams at 49ers. Rams are looking for a bounce-back game after a tough loss 
last week Mm -hmm. to the Tennessee Titans, and I think that they are going to achieve that. Yeah, I I totally agree. I'm picking the Rams as well. I think Stafford had an opportunity last Sunday to solidify himself as frontrunner for MVP, but he had a bad game, and the Rams didn't even win. So I think this is a bit of a wake-up call for them. They'll probably come out firing against a division opponent uh, in a primetime game. Uh, what I will say, an argument for the Niners is that uh, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers are 4-0 and against the Rams in their past four head-to-head matchups, but those were without Matthew Stafford. So I really can't see a way in, in which the Niners pull this one out. I think Jimmy G's looked better, but the Niners don't have much true offensive identity, and I don't think the Niners' defense, especially their secondary, is any good. So big no. Cooper Cup, big Robert Woods games. Yeah, I think Rams bounce back. This Niners team has not done a whole lot to impress me this year. So, and I mean, I guess Kyle Shanahan figured out Jared Goff. I don't know if he's going to be able to figure out Matthew Stafford as easily. Yeah, and I mean, they the 49ers lost to a Cardinals team without their two best offensive players. That's a bit concerning. Yeah. I don't trust their defense at all. I'm with you. All right, let's keep moving here. We got Titans at Saints, which is an interesting matchup. Yeah. Is Trevor Simeon starting for the Saints again? Ooh, yeah. I, I believe so. Okay. I'll actually I'll actually check on that while while you go. Because Taysom played. Yeah, last he was week. he was in on like some goal line snaps and and things like that, obviously, since he's kind of like a gadget guy. Yeah. So the Saints are in a bit of a weird situation right now. But the Titans are coming off of a massive win, and they're looking really strong right now. But this Saints defense is no joke, so this is going to be a competitive matchup. And I think that the Saints are going to be able to make this one close, especially since they're at home. Mm -hmm. And Marshawn Lattimore's having a great season, and having him go up against A.J. Brown, that's going to be a fun matchup to be monitoring if this game is hitting your market but you've you've got to say the titans just went out and beat one of the top teams in the nfc and they are primed to be on top of the afc yeah best record in the conference right now yeah you'd think the titans would be a heavy favorite in this game but they're actually not um i I think that both teams are separated by like a field goal right now so so that was surprising to me um right now we don't really know if trevor Simeon or Taysom hill starting Okay. Which is, like, concerning because, you know, they Sean say... Sean Payton doing Sean Payton things. If you have two quarterbacks, then you have, you zero. have zero quarterbacks. So, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, wh- wherever, whichever Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon starts, I don't think the Saints can really hang with the Titans' offense, and I think Tennessee will come out with a victory, but it's going to be closer than some people might expect. I agree. Let's take the Titans there. Yep. And moving on here, we got Browns at Patriots, which I think is a... Very interesting matchup, and the Patriots have been a surprising team for me this season so far. I think the best word to describe them is steady. Yeah, they're very consistent. They're consistent, they hang around in games, and they don't ask their rookie quarterback to do a whole lot. Which is a really great idea. He's in a good situation, they're leaning heavily on the run and have numerous options in the backfield to achieve that Mm -hmm. and the Browns are a weird streaky team against a steady Patriots team so I don't know I was uh I was I was interested I was looking at some uh, similarities between the teams and I have like I have like a lot so they've had average quarterback play that's been safe but average a top three offensive line in the league both teams run the ball a lot and very effectively uh they have good but not great skill position players at wide receiver that both teams have two really good tight ends 
Yeah. Both teams have an emerging defensive line with good pass rushers having top-tier seasons. Both teams have a solid secondary that have played well all season. And both teams have two good head coaches. I mean, these teams are so similar on paper mm-hmm. that, that I think it's such a it's such a tough task to pick a winner. But since the, since the Patriots are at home and they have a better coach, I think New England wins this one. I, I think they have shown an ability to win close games this season. So I'm also going to be leaning on the Patriots this week. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they can uh, continue their consistent play. I, I, the Browns could just come in and do what they did against the Bengals, but I think it's going to be a good game. I'm going to keep my eye on this one. Yeah, I'm definitely excited about this matchup. And then one more here we got to throw out. We got Seahawks at Packers. And this is interesting because we assume it's going to be Russell Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers. Right. Russell Wilson has been cleared to return. The whole Rodgers COVID situation is tricky. He's mm-hmm. eligible to return to the team on Saturday. And he said on Pat McAfee yesterday that he has no symptoms right now. So that is a step in the right direction for the pairing of that with two negative tests. Yeah. But we don't know right now. No, we don't. I mean, so if let's let's say this: yeah. if if it is Russell Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers, who you got? I got to take the Packers. I th- I think so. They're I, at home. Their offense is has been really good. Um, I don't know. Both of these teams are pretty similar too. They both have like mediocre to bad defenses, but really high powered offenses. Yeah, and but of course, if if Jordan Love starts, I'm taking the Seahawks. You have to. I mean, uh, the Seahawks are, are are very lucky to get Russ back this quickly. And I think Aaron Rodgers is the the X factor in, in trying to pick this game because otherwise, I think if Rodgers and Wilson both play, it's almost a coin flip because mm. I, I like both teams. I think um, if Carson, Chris Carson's able to play, the Seahawks will be able to run the ball effectively. Yeah, and that should help them out too. Um, but hopefully, I, I don't know. Hopefully, we get we get a good game with a good quarterback matchup. Yeah, and I hope that this game is as good as it. Could and should be right, and we have we all circled this game healthy, on our healthy players yeah. on both sides of the ball here. We all circled this game on the on the schedules when they dropped before the season yeah. even started because we were like, oh, that's going to be a good one. And this is one we might see a rematch later in the playoffs. Yep, like uh, Seahawks got to sneak into that wild card spot though. Yeah, I mean that that third NFC wild card spot is messy. Uh huh. And I think the Seahawks are the, the best team. I, I agree. It's, it's a road to get there. Yeah, but. I mean, it's not going to be the Falcons. No. So. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> All right. We've got one last little segment here we want to go through. We want to talk about what teams we think are going to have new quarterbacks next season. Yeah. And we'll start here with one we just mentioned. The Packers are going to move to Jordan Love. Yep. And in a similar situation to where you have a young quarterback sitting behind a veteran, the 49ers move on to Trey Lance. Yeah. And then outside of that, I think the only sure thing has to be the Steelers, right? There's right. no way Ben Roethlisberger is not going to retire. They're going to draft a guy in the in the first or the second round, and he'll probably be their starter because Big Ben's replacement is not on their roster right now. It's not going to be Dwayne Haskins. No, and Mason it's Rudolph. It's not going to be Mason Rudolph. He's looked bad in the games he's had to play. So they're in a weird spot, and I don't know why they haven't planned sooner for the inevitable end of Big Ben's tenure in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, I I don't know why. It just seems like they're they're trying to um, get around that situation as best they can, but it's clearly that Ben can't play another year. Yeah, and then there's two looming factors, I would say, in the offseason, and it is what happens with Aaron Rodgers and what happens with Deshaun Watson. 
Yeah, I think a popular landing spot for Rodgers right now is th- is the Broncos if he does leave the Packers. Mm-hmm. And then Watson has expressed interest to play for the Dolphins, which could be exciting if they can figure that whole situation out. Because you look at the Broncos, who seem to have no commitment to our boy Drew Locke, or else they'd be starting him right now. Yeah. So you can start Teddy for another year, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But you got to pay him. Teddy Bridgewater is a bridge quarterback. Right. He's not a long-term solution, and this is a team that's built to win now, so I can see them making a splash and going and get Rodgers. And then Sean Watson, it seems like the only team that he's waived his no-trade clause for is the Dolphins, Yeah, which then that kind of has the domino effect of someone's going to want to get Tua. Mm-hmm. Out of that, maybe the, maybe the Texans, maybe somebody else. And then I'll throw, I'll throw two more out here. I think the Eagles will move on from Jalen Hurts, but I think they shouldn't. I agree. And then I think the Panthers will move on from Sam Darnold, and I think they should. Right. Whether it's P.J. Walker or somebody else they draft. I mean, P.J. Walker will get a chance to to prove he can be a starter. Mm -hmm. But uh, if he's not the answer, then then yeah, they'll have to to draft somebody. Yeah. I think we're going to see some big dominoes falling in the offseason and a decent amount of teams are going to have new quarterbacks, and that's going to be exciting to watch yeah, next season. It will be. So those are some of our little predictions there. It is time for the last break of the show, and when we return, we'll be answering your fantasy football questions. You're listening to Third and Short here on KCOU. Welcome back to the final block of Third and Short here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. I'm your host, Luke Sweezy, joined by Jack Shimanek. And as it is the last block of the show, per usual, talking about some fantasy football. So if you've got a tough start sit decision for the week or a question, go ahead and tweet us at Third and Short KCOU, and we will try to answer your question on the show. Just please include your player names and scoring format. Let's get started with the questions here. Carl asks, what's your opinion on Jarvis Landry? Jack, you want to take this one? So as somebody who picked up Jarvis Landry a couple weeks ago, I think he's the only starter uh, at receiver you can play on the Browns. Yeah. Even though he doesn't have a great stat line, he's leading the team in targets. Uh, Well, he led the team in targets at least last week. There's no way that the Browns can just run the ball every game and win like they're going to play a team that has a good offense who's going to score some points so I think Landry's a decent guy to have I would try and play him based on matchup but um, I, I, I like him as like a wide receiver three flex play each week yeah he's just kind of a he's a floor play yeah he's a flex guy I don't think he has much upside as like a wide receiver two no even just because the role is not consistent enough yeah but yet it's the most consistent role of any receiving target on the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. So, a guy, a guy you want to have on your roster, mm-hmm. and in a bye week, I feel fine plugging him in if he's got a good matchup. But I don't see much more to Jarvis Landry's value than that. Yeah, I agree. All right. Up next, Josh asks, "What should I do with Derrick Henry?" And I think that's a tough question because yeah, we haven't gotten updates really on his situation. There's a chance he returns for 
pretty much the middle or end of your fantasy playoffs. Yeah. It's also a situation where there's not a one-to-one swap for Derrick Henry's role. Yeah. It, his workload is being carried by three different people. So any of those Titans running back that everybody was scrambling to scoop up off the waiver wire last week, they didn't really emerge as being the lead guy. No. As expected. Derrick right. Henry's as a massive role that is pretty much impossible for you can't there's nobody like him fill in yeah so i would say if you have an ir spot that's not already occupied it's worth putting him on there if you think that you're heading into the playoffs yeah if you're fighting to get into the playoffs i would drop him for somebody who's healthy because you have to win now yes i I totally agree i think um the committee that the the titans have i think the guy to have is mcnichols so if you're a Derrick Henry owner that can go get somebody, I would trade for Jeremy McNichols over Peterson and Foreman. But yeah, I mean, it's tough. He could come back. He might not. So so I agree with what Luke said for sure. Yes. All right. Let's move on here. We got a question about a trade from Grant. And I know that we've been going back and forth on this one a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. So here is the trade. He would receive Michael Pittman and Elijah Mitchell and then give away... James Conner and Terry McLaurin. Yeah. What 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 do you think? So, I know we disagree on this because I think it's hard to get rid of James Conner right now. I I I agree. I thought about it a little bit more uh throughout the show and and I would agree because I think with running backs being more valuable than receivers, James Conner is clearly a guy you want to have over Elijah Mitchell cuz he's on a high-scoring offense. And- He's clearly the RB1. I mean, who knows what Jeff Wilson's going to do when he comes back? Yeah. Because he still exists, and Kyle Shanahan's like, oh, I love Jeff Wilson for no reason in the red zone. And James Conner has had a role that's big enough to start him in fantasy despite being Being a split backfield. Right. And now we have Chase Edmonds dealing with a high ankle sprain, and that's the kind of injury where the timetable is a big question mark. It's large. It's usually pretty large. So... He got 21 carries. Yeah. Without having Chase Edmonds. And just based on how thin running back is, I I would say that you can't get rid of James Conner. And I would, I mean, Michael Pittman's an upgrade over Terry McLaurin. But it's very close. It's close. And running back is the position of need, I assume, for most teams this season. Yeah. With all these injuries and messy committees. Mm-hmm. So. I'm holding on James Conner. I agree. I would wait. I would wait on that. You, uh, your argument definitely swayed me for sure. And let's move into the start and sits up first. Zach asks Brandon Ayuk or Mike Williams. We got another 49er we've got to talk about here. Mm-hmm. And shockingly, Kyle Shanahan f- realized that Brandon Ayuk exists. He's. I, I really like him. I think he's so good. I think he could be he's awesome last year. I feel like he could be the type of guy who's. Uh, Similar to Devontae Adams, like just in the in the ter- in the terms of like play style, not in terms of like scoring 17 touchdowns every year because he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. But yeah, but still, I, I really like Ayuk. And Zach, you clearly had the patience to hold on to Ayuk yeah. through all of the Props. struggles Props this season. You. And it looks like Ayuk is trending upwards and Mike Williams is trending down right now. I think that's a fair assessment, right? Yeah. I mean, this one, this one like is so tough because... Ayuk I, could literally, Ayuk I, I, has no floor. Like, he could literally just not get a single target. It's true. Whereas Mike Williams is clearly the wide receiver, too. Um, he, they have a great matchup against the Vikings, though. A mm-hmm. game where I think there's going to be a lot of points. Um, 
I don't know. It's tough. Mike Williams has only had two catches in each of the last three games, whereas last week Brandon Ayuk had six receptions on eight targets for 89 yards, and I just feel like having Kittle back opens up that 49ers offense, and they're going up against the Rams in a matchup that I don't like, but they could also fall behind pretty easily and have to throw. Mm -hmm. And the targets over the last two weeks for Ayuk is encouraging for me, so that's where I'm leaning right now. I think that Brandon Ayuk has escaped the Kyle Shanahan doghouse and is probably worth the play this week. Yeah, I think I don't think Mike Williams is completely healthy. So there's if, more to that that injury than yeah. If we get any we more right now, if we get sure. any more news on that injury, keep an eye on it. But yeah, let's let's lean Ayuk, but it's very very close. All right, up next, Brian asks if Nick Chubb is out, uh, would you take Tony Pollard versus the Falcons or Naheem Hines versus the Jaguars? Both players have great matchups. Great matchups, but their roles are obviously a question mark. We don't know exactly how involved either of these players are going to be. Naheem Hines had a nice week last week mm-hmm. and probably has the better matchup against the Jaguars. Uh, I mean, Falcons are second in the league, second worst in the league in terms of yards, uh, rushing yeah. yards allowed per game. So so they're both bad. Both bad matchups but i think i think the colts could be up on the jags enough to where Hines gets some work just so they don't have to run the wheels off jonathan taylor yeah i think that they're going to be in positive game script and naheem Hines has emerged more as a weapon in the receiving game he's a he's over the, the last two weeks he's the clear pass catching back it's not even like close and tony pollard has not done a whole lot recently i think his role is very limited yeah so i'm gonna lean naeem hines here it's tough to start both of them but i would also lean naeem hines for sure yes all right our last question of the day thomas asks michael carter or javante williams this is really tough it is tough because there's a lot of factors at play because you have our boy mike white back at quarterback for the jets which means against the bills against the bills which is which is the number one uh, defense in terms of fewest points allowed to running backs this year. Yeah. So it's really tough. But it's check down city. Yeah, but Ty Johnson gets a lot of receiving work. Yeah. So and I don't know. It's interesting. On the other side of things, Javante Williams had 17 carries last week. It's a lot. For over 100 yards. And he's not even the quote-unquote starter. Not not the starter. And they get the Eagles, yeah. which is a good matchup. Right. The Eagles are, are not... Like their defense is okay, but they don't have a great run defense or a great pass defense. I think the Broncos should be able to score a decent amount of points. I just I don't think Javante Williams is going to score a touchdown. So like he's going to have to catch like three or four passes. He's going to have to rush for like 70, 80 yards yeah. to really return like RB two value, which I I hope he's your RB two this week, not your RB one. Um, but I think they're going to put away the Eagles pretty easily this week, and they could be up quite a bit, which would give Mike Williams some more opportunity. Yeah. All right. So what's the verdict? I'm going to, I'm going to lean Javonta Williams. I think his floor is a bit safer. I don't want to trust the jets against the bills. Cause I think the bills are angry that they lost to the Jags and they're going to want to put it to the jets and they'll be able to. Mm. So I think that Williams is a more safe play. I agree. That's where I, that's where I would go with that as well. But so. again, it's tough. All right. Good stuff there. And that's all folks. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Third and Short this afternoon here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. As always, if you would like to keep up with everything going on with the show, you can go over to our Twitter and follow us at Third and Short KCOU. And we hope you tune in again this time next week. We will be in the studio again for our last live show before Thanksgiving break. 
and best of luck to your teams, both in real life and in fantasy. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday. 